0: I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. Na 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 come on! check we get into a good old-fashioned mailbag a viewer mailbag we also talk about maybe the worst seven minutes of basketball ever played in professional history happens to include my Portland Trailblazers let's get into the scab team in the NBA that is absolutely worse than your worst team you can ever think of. The worst team in the NBA? Oklahoma City Thunder, Detroit Pistons, Orlando Magic, take your pick. This team significantly worse. Worse than a summer league team. Go ahead, drop that, yes, drop that beat, Brock. sun Alright, so before we get into this mailbag, I have things to say about this game that I watched. I watched a game last night. I had a vested interest in it. I bet on it. I bet the Utah Jazz to cover six and a half points over the Portland Trail Blazers. Seemed like maybe a risky bet. Who knows? These young guns, they can come out, they score, they're trying too hard. Utah comes out slow. Utah's one of the worst teams in the NBA at covering the number in the first quarter. Yada, 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 yada. But I swear to you, it was on only for this reason, but thank God I watched something historic. Historic. I have never, ever seen in my life a team that has been in the playoffs for as many years as Portland has roll out a roster of guys that on any other team, all of them except for Josh Hart, would never see the court. These are starters on a team that would never even play. Even in the final minutes, they'd never get run. Like, this is a team that summer league rosters might not play. I've never seen anything like something like this in my life. It was, I'd say, like, it was a marvelous spectacular display of mediocrity but it wasn't it was way worse than mediocrity it was like to me watching equinox basketball at the gym on a sunday morning when you know everyone went out the night before they're sluggish nothing goes in and when i'm saying nothing goes in i'm not even not a shred of hyperbole there not a shred every Every time a Blazer shot the ball, and somewhat the Jazz as well, every time one of these quote-unquote Blazers, I'm not even going to really calling them Blazers because there's just no shot there on the team next year. They're guys you've never even heard of, which we'll get into in a second. But every time they shot the ball, I knew with 100% certainty that's not going in. Nope. I kept saying, nope. Watch this. Watch this. I mean, you're talking about not just airballed jumpers that were wide open. You're talking airballed dunks. You're talking five, four, five like air mailed layups in a row from one team? Like things I've never seen professionally before. Uncontested. Do you know how hard it is to airball a dunk that's uncontested when your hands are right there near the rim and you that the ball never even touches the rim? That seems like a physics. I don't know. I don't know where I'm living layups. It was like Saran wrap was on the rim. (laughs) I came to the realization that this is probably the worst NBA team to ever be rolled out on a roster in history. Like the 1961, you know, koozies, like they would rip up this team, rip them. Portland scored. Let me just tell you like, and these names that they were rolling out there names that don't even sound real. Um, Kelgen Blevins, made-up name. Elijah Hughes, Drew Eubanks. That's a Come on now. Welcome to the Drew Eubanks Show. These are guys playing for my Trailblazers. Guys, it's just Josh Hart and a bunch of, of homies. It took the Blazers seven minutes, seven minutes of basketball to score two baskets in the first quarter. Portland scored their first bucket at the 9.23 mark. It took them three minutes to score one bucket, and then they didn't score another basket until the 6.41 mark. It took a half a quarter. They had a half a quarter, and they had four points. They missed 11 of their first 12 shots, like open ones too. Open ones, transition ones four layups in a row. Utah also was horrible shooting and they were up 33 to 15 at the end of the first quarter. The first six minutes of the first quarter, the worst basketball easily I've ever seen in my entire life. The two teams were something like three for 27. Three for 27. I watched every shot and I said, I must discuss this. This is a segment I know that you probably weren't This was an ESPN game, too, as well. I know Golden State Warriors scored two points in an entire quarter in 2004. But this, I promise you, go back. Go back. This was worse. I don't know what to tell you other than the fact that the Trailblazers now we know for sure... I watched. I actually went back and listened to a podcast, uh, "Locked On Blazers," and the guy said uh, after that game, he said this roster would not beat the 2018 Summer League roster that won the Summer League. That they would get absolutely destroyed by the Summer League team. You're talking about Anthony Simons as a rookie. You're talking about Gary Trent Jr. as a rookie. Like the rookies got and like guys you've never heard of would beat this team. So all I can say to you is this. We have as much of an automatic fade as you can absolutely get in the NBA right now. There is no line big enough. There is no spread. Take them first quarter, fade them. Half, fade them. Full game, fade them. Probably under on their team total as well. Anything anything above 100 points. any Hell, anything under 90 points, under. Any, or anything over 90 points, under. Under, under, under. Fade, fade, fade. Fade, fade, fade. So let's get into some questions. Let's do it. I just cannot believe what I just saw. I just wasted a whole segment on something, but it must have, it must have been important because I had to get it off my chest. All right let's get into some questions first and foremost first question this is my favorite one so we're gonna take it first is larry bird better than kevin durant all time this question's been all over social and at first glance if you're as young as me or younger you might say and then you start digging into the highlights you start digging into the stats. You start digging into the accolades. You start digging into the team awards, which I'm not going to knock KD for. I will, only, I will only compare these two players in terms of their personal achievements and their, uh, their numbers and what they've looked like on, on film. First and foremost, let's look at them compared to one another. Kevin Durant has the edge... In scoring titles, he's, he's got four scoring titles. But on the other end, Larry Bird, do not sleep three all-time defensive titles. All, three times all-defensive team. Larry Bird and KD, actually when you look at their stats, when you look at, down at their percentages, when you look down what they do, they look identical. So points per game, Larry Bird 24.3, Kevin Durant 27. That's the biggest leap. The edge for Larry is in rebounding. 10 rebounds per game versus 7. Edge for Larry, 6.3 assists versus 4. And now everything else identical. 49.6% for Larry Bird. Field goal percentage, 49.3 for Kevin. Yikes. For 37.6 from 3 for Larry. 38.1 for Kevin. Free throw percentage, 88.6 for the Bird. 88.3 for KD. Three NBA championships. I said no teams, but we're just going to compare them. Three championships for Bird, two for KD. Two time NBA Finals MVP for Larry, two times for KD. Three times League MVP for Larry, one for KD. Ten times All NBA for Larry, nine, which will probably be ten for KD. Twelve time All Star for Larry, who knows for KD. He's at nine, or he's at ten, excuse me, right now. Both rookies of the year. Very, very similar. All I will say, though, is this. KD's a better scorer in a league where we're scoring 120 points per game. To be averaging what Larry was in his prime, which was higher than his all-time scoring percentage in his uh, his all-time scoring average, he has been a bucket in a time where you're having more physical defense, lower scoring games, and he's got more versatility to his game. I love some KD, but I have to give the nod to Larry Bird. Plus, probably one of the biggest trash talkers ever. There's a trash talk where Larry Bird basically went off like crazy scoring just because they put a white guy on him. Just because a white they had the audacity to put a white guy. How dare you put a a Jake on me? Paul Poquet, Caucasian forward. Bird said ben poquette are you effing kidding me are you fucking kidding me bird had 33 points at the half at the half rodman all-time great defender after bird made four straight baskets with rodman guarding him he ran over to chuck daly and said who's guarding me chuck is anyone guarding me and then he started saying rodman told the story he said I'd be all over him trying to deny him the ball, and all Larry was doing was yelling at his teammates, I'm open! I'm wide open! Hurry up! Before somebody notices that nobody's guarding me, I'm wide open, guys! Give me the ball! And then he would stick an elbow in my jaw and then stick a jumper in my face, and then he would start in on my coach like, Coach, you better get this guy out and send somebody else in. All-time great defender Rodman, and he's wide open. That is some shit right there. Also, another quick one, another quick one, Clyde the Glide, my guy. He said, I was guarding him my rookie year. He looks at me and says, you can't stop me. I looked at him and said, wow, boy, you're very confident. And he said, confident? You're a rookie. You don't know anything. (laughs) He proceeded to score 10 straight points on me. Coach took me out of the game, and he walks by me on the bench and starts laughing. Oh, my god. Oh, yeah, the other one I love, Brad Doherty talks about the time that Bird got him. Bird caught the ball in the corner, and he said, okay, I took off running towards Larry Bird. Right when he was ready to shoot, I jump as I go by, and he goes, fly, Bird, fly. (laughs) That alone, you got to give Larry the edge. Got to give Larry the edge. Next question, would you rather build around Jokic or Embiid? Interesting one. Two best players in basketball this year are probably them. Got to flip a coin for who's going to be MVP. Let's give the case for both, and then I'll give my opinion. Case for Jokic. He's for sure one of the best, if not the best, passers in the NBA. His court vision is stupid. The things that he can do with the ball, English, spin, finding people, wherever his eyes aren't even, they're not even in his peripheral vision. They're behind him. They're places that he's literally throwing guys open like a quarterback. He's never missed more than 10 games in a, si- in a season. He's only missed 30 se- 36 games in seven years total. He's having a historic year this year after winning an MVP, getting better. His defensive rating this year is nasty, 103. He's actually playing defense now at an elite, elite, elite level. And then, if you want to juxtapose that with Embiid, Embiid's never played more than 64 games in a season. Embiid has missed 306 games in his eight seasons, 10 times more than Jokic. Yeah, Embiid's missed over 300 games in his career. All of that told he's a lumbering oaf. Let's be honest. Like, he's a lumbering oaf with with handles who can get buckets still. Sometimes he looks, when you watch him, I watched a bunch of highlights on him today for this question, and he looks like he's about to travel all the time, and then he stops, and he's like, wait, I can't take any more steps. <laughs> I got to figure out a way to get the ball up now. And so he finds a way to, like, turn his body to the side and do something nasty with his arm, and it goes in because he's so tall. So it's not like, there's no style points for Jokic, zero. Uh, He's having a season we've never seen before in history, which I've said before. He's averaging 26, 14, and 8. No player has ever had even a 25, 12, and 6 season before. He's having the highest, and we've talked about this before, he's having the highest season player efficiency rating ever in history. Better than Will Chamberlain, he had a 30 game stretch this year with no one else on the court, where he went 26, 14, and 9, with a high of 49, 14, and 10 against the Clippers. It just got a gaudy stats where there's no one helping him on the court, and they're still winning games. They basically have the same percentage winning uh, as the Sixers with way less help. Case for Embiid, nasty. He's got the style points basically in. Like multiples of Jokic. Probably the best player in the NBA from outside the three to the rim. 29, 11, and four the last two seasons. Way more dominant in the post. Better footwork, more explosive, better dunks. Like, let's be honest, Jokic can't dunk like that. They look, it looks. It looks like Drew Eubanks out there with him dunking. He's got a, a slightly higher defensive rating, but it's still very good 104.5. He carried the Sixers this year when he had no one else on the team with Ben out, but he did have a couple of guys like Maxi in the, in the mix. MB, nasty dunk package. Like sometimes, like I said, Yogesh looks like he's in slow mo. MB never does. He looks like he could do, he could turn himself and transform himself into multiple different players. One part, Shaq. You know, one-part guy like Kobe. He has moves like all of these different types of player where Jokic is sort of, like I said, an oaf. This season, uh, this is gaudy, Embiid has a 30-game stretch before Harden arrived. 30 games, 33.4, 11, and 5, with two and a half steals and blocks per game, including six games over 40, and a 50-piece against the Magic. So if you're going to start a team with somebody... You might think, okay, my tone says Embiid, my tone says Embiid, my tone says Embiid, and it's true. All things told, I love Embiid. I think he's a better player to watch. But as a GM, as as Trista GM, as le GM as they would say, I take the lumbering oath, because offensively he plays on the perimeter and that gives you more roster flexibility. You could put, I think, anybody with Jokic and you could end up having a great team, as you've seen. Embiid needs a certain guy. He needs a guy like Harden who he can play with on the pick and roll. He needs a true point guard to play with. I think Jokic could be a point guard on a team and have another guy in the post. Jokic is very happy to play point forward. Where Embiid needs space to function, to operate, to win, Jokic is the space creator. And those guys, I think, are much harder to come by. Much more flexible. He's healthier. He's not as fun to watch. I tell you that. But I think he's, for the, for the money, for building a team from scratch, building around it, I think you got to give it to Jokic. All right. Uh, excluding Curry, Kyrie, CP3, name the top five point guards in the NBA. This one's going to get controversial. Uh, number one for me is Ja. Ja! I love Ja. He's never out of shape. You're going to say, why not Luka? Why not Luka? Luka's fat. Always out of shape. Luca is not nearly as explosive or as versatile as Jaw. Jaw's always ready to play. He, like I said, more versatile, but he's also a better leader. Leaders show up in shape. I love his game more. He's got the ability to to block guys. He's got the ability to I mean, he's so short, so little for him to be able to lead the points lead in points in the paint at six one, slight two. You know, Luca's a big boy. He can use size to his advantage. Jaw has to use his shiftiness. He has to use angles. He never complains, Ja. So, just electric. Jaw. I think for me, his ability to get buckets on anyone in the NBA at 6'1 is just unparalleled. Number two for me, Luka. Transcendent talent. Issues, of course, with his conditioning, his weight, his work ethic. He also complains a shitload. He complains to the refs all the time. He's getting into it, with teammates. Getting into it, with coaches. All told, still love him. Still would take him on my team for sure. Footwork, ability to abuse players, sick. If you put a young player or small player on him, he's gonna post him up and body him. Just abuse him. If you put a bigger player on him, he's gonna use that lateral quickness, his ability to be shifty, his footwork. He looks like Harden sometimes out there, but he's huge. I like that. Great ISO player in the half court. It's what make the, makes the Mavs dangerous in the playoffs. I like that. Uh, number three, Dame. I think we're forgetting how good Dame is. Uh, in the playoffs as a scorer, he goes god mode all the time. Remember, like, he put up 55 and KD was, like, tweeting over and over and over and over about how good Dame was. Like, Dame in pressure, one of the best ever. I think last year... Dame was the number one clutch scorer in terms of number of shots made and efficiency in five in the clutch time, which is five minutes or less with five points or less between the two teams. So, I mean, when you got to talk about somebody who can just play make, shoot from the logo, has ice water in his veins, can score at all three levels, and take his team to win multiple playoff series off of his back, got to give it to Dame. Number four is Drew. Drew. Uh, most underrated player in the NBA to me. I, I know he's been an all-star, but it was in 2012. It was 10 years ago. He was 22 years old at that point. And the Bucks aren't good without him. They are terrible. Bucks were 5-8 and eight last year when he was out. They're 4-9 and nine this year when he is out. In other words, the Bucks win 35% of the time when he's out and 70% of the time when he plays. Not sure that there are any other players who double their team's chances of winning like that. So I give it to Drew. Plus, by the way, underrated defender probably could win Defensive Player of the Year if the media was paying attention even a little bit. Number five, (laughs) Harden with an asterisk. Harden with an asterisk, and that's why he's five. Putting Harden at five because lack of conditioning, uh, injury risk in history, playoff vulnerability. But when this man tries, especially in the regular season, there is nobody who can get you to look stupid like Harden draws fouls like nobody else, can play make and find guys on the court and elevate, guys getting completely open shots all the time because of him and what he does. He's devastating as a scorer in isolation. Mostly, like I said, in the regular season, doesn't do that a ton in the playoffs. Not sure why, but he does make players around him better. Tyrese Maxey, better. Dribbles a little bit too much for me, but I love his footwork. I love his ability to get to the line. He can shoot, and I'm partial to lefties as a lefty myself um last question top five overrated contracts in the nba number one john wall 44 million dollars a year he's not even playing basketball so like i don't know that there's anybody who should be making money who's just basically de facto suspended as the i think he's like number two in contract in the nba right now number two is russell westbrook Um, I mean, it's just low light after low light right now. He's missing layups. His team's not winning basketball games. He's a media distraction. He's unmovable, untradeable. I don't know what you do with him. Uh, he's difficult to build around. He's difficult to have a team with. He f- messes you up from a spacing perspective. He can't shoot. He doesn't play defense. He doesn't move without the ball. And did I mention he makes $44.2 million? And he's losing his explosiveness, which is basically his bread and butter. No more triple-double machine. It doesn't sound like I like Russell Westbrook very much, but I do. But for all that, with that much money, no. Uh, $31.6 million a year is Chris Tapp's Porzingis, new wizard, he is number twenty-two on the list of player salaries for a role player. That just cannot be. He's never around. He's never healthy. I know he just played and he looked good, and he's he's like a unicorn. Next, And that's what Chet Holmgren's supposed to be is a healthy KP. But he looks stiff out there. His defense has been shrugs. He doesn't look like he can move. His feet look like they're basically in sand or concrete, stuck to the floor. He's just a guy. Who has flashes and has potential, but he makes $31.6 million per year. Tobias Harris, I mean, this guy is just stealing money. He's making $36 million. I guarantee you there is no chance that the Sixers would have signed him if it wasn't for Ben Simmons saying he wanted Tobias Harris instead of Jimmy Butler. There's just no universe that that exists. Tobias Harris... There's just no two-pointer Tobias Harris loves enough. Like, he passes up good three after good three to dribble right on the line and shoot an inefficient two and miss. He puts the ball on the floor way too often. He's not playing to his strengths. He got also a contract because of Doc Rivers and his relationship with him, and they thought he could be this go-to clutch guy. He is not. He is stealing money. Uh, Fifth, $31.6 million a year, Andrew Wiggins. Good news. For folks that are Warriors fans, just one year left on his deal. Just inconsistent. Can't get his own shot in the playoffs. Misses layups in the playoffs, misses jumpers in the playoffs, um, just basically disappears. He's making thirty one point six million dollars, and all of his success is predicated on being the fourth option. So I just don't think I just don't think that's a guy that should be making that. And I promise you, before we let you go. Just circle back when his contract comes up. See what his next contract is. It won't be in the 30s. It probably won't be in the 20s. It'll probably be in the teens. And that's all I got to say about that. Thanks for the mailbag. We have so many other questions. Uh, we'll get to them later, I am assuming. Uh, that is all the time that we have for the heat check. I uh, got caught in traffic, did some things. So we had to cut the show short. Thanks to for Brock for sticking around. Thank you for sticking around. We will be back Monday. Hopefully, with a new episode of The Heat Check. Do not forget to subscribe, download, tell all your friends, and do not forget to follow us on social at, at This Heat Check and at Trista Craig on TikTok.